Music has an incredible ability to proclaim the soul's language beyond what mere words can speak. That is what we seek as we invite our guests to share their song of the soul. Be it joy and laughter, sorrow and tears, awe and insight, or deepest devotion, as we visit and listen, we are all part of a spiritual voyage called Song of the Soul. I have to start off by saying a great big thank you to friend Jane for introducing me to a wonderful musician, Cece Artemisia. Cece exudes grace and love, even as she talks of the deepest pains and greatest distress, so much so that facing the dark sides of life is no longer a burden, but a promising pathway to growth and eventual sunlight. Her clear, compelling singing and uplifting melodies are the cure for what ails you, and it's also the cure for what has ailed her, including her vulnerable and transparent dealing with a history of sexual abuse. Cece started out from the Midwest and has wandered many places, making delightful music wherever she's gone, including 20 years performing with a band called Border Town. I'm so very thankful that Cece Arnemisia joins us today via Zoom from Troutdale, Oregon. Cece, how wonderful to have you here today for Song of the Soul. Really glad to be here. Thanks for having me. You're in Troutdale, Oregon, which is kind of near where you live in Washington State and Lyle, which is kind of near Hood River. Have you always been a northerner? Not this kind of northerner. I'm from Ohio originally, but I left there when I was 18, lived a bunch of places. I saw one song. I've only listened to part of it, but it was called Minnesota Lakes. Yes. I spent one of the best summers of my life in Minnesota. I was in high school and I was working with a youth group called Teen Corps. We built camps out in beautiful places for the mentally challenged residents of state hospitals. They were just warehoused in these buildings. I spoke with people who hadn't been in nature for decades. And we were building these camps, places where they could come out and camp, go swimming in lakes and hike in the woods and stuff. It was a wonderful summer and a wonderful thing to do. Did you also do a lot of singing around the campfire kind of thing? Yes, we did. Singing and um, dancing and playing softball, it seems to me, sometimes with the residents of the hospitals. Yeah, it was really good. Have you always been a wild woman? Absolutely. From the time I was very young, I was more comfortable in nature probably than around the humans. We lived in the country when I was first growing up and I would escape out. Actually, it was Ohio, so it was more like fields than forests, a little mixture of both. Yeah, but Minnesota must have completely unleashed that part of you. Absolutely, especially it was Brainerd. And there was a big lake there and we were, our camp was right on the lake, you know, and to hear the loons, there's nothing like the sound of a loon. Oh man, I love that. So music, I'd like to find your roots with music. I have a feeling because of how beautifully you sing, how easily it appears to me. You, you seem to effortlessly pour yourself into music. I think that you must have been singing at a very young age. I feel like I was always singing. Like whenever I was walking somewhere, I was just singing. But I had a grandmother who played ragtime piano. 
She was amazing. But in her youth, she was invited to go on tour on vaudeville. She was invited a couple of times, but nice girls didn't do that back then. (laughs) So we had to skip a generation and wait till it was cool not to be a nice girl (laughs) or I didn't care. Both of my brothers tried to learn guitar in grade school. And I was in, I think, third grade. And they both tried and they didn't, it wasn't easy for them. So they both gave up on it. So guitar was sitting around. And I think it was in fourth grade that I picked it up and just started trying to mess with it. And then I got lessons. I took lessons for, I think, two years, year or two, Alfred's basic guitar method. And then I just locked myself in my room for a couple of years and played. Literally, I would have to put Band-Aids on my fingers to keep playing because I was obsessed. And then by the time I was in, I think, eighth grade, the local Methodist church had a coffee house down in their basement. And they also had this nice room that they would leave open in the afternoons. And a bunch of us would gather there like every day after school. And we would sort of teach each other songs. We'd swap songs and we would sing Harmony. I feel so lucky that I came up in that situation where all these talented kids and we would sing together. That's where I really took off, where, you know, my love of it really took off. Were you writing songs already at that point? Ninth grade, I think, was when I started writing songs. That's when it really, really happened was by ninth grade. When did you do your first open mic or whatever where you step in front of the crowd? It was at that coffee house. So probably ninth grade and then graduated from that really quickly to we lived near Columbus, Ohio. I was in a suburb of Columbus, Ohio, and we started going down to this coffee house at the Wesley Center on the Ohio State campus. So the big kids were down there playing and there were some amazing musicians there, but we would go down and we started playing there too. Were you also in choirs at that time? I did at my Presbyterian church and I joined the choir, I think for like my um, seventh and eighth grade years, whatever those early, early teens. Guitar, obviously you play. Are there other instruments that have called you along the way? I studied actually Afro-Cuban percussion in my 20s, just was a part of a, well, took lessons and was a part of a drum circle. I really enjoyed that. And then I used that when I, I was in a band called Border Town, and I was the percussionist as well I, as I would pick up the guitar now and then. But I was a percussionist for a while before we got a trap drummer. Well, I'm glad you mentioned Border Town because I went to ccart.com. And CC, by the way, folks, is C-I-C-I, ccart.com. And under your music there, I found a, a couple of the releases that were with Border Town. All Wet and Someday were two of the releases that you did with them. So you must have been with them for a while. I think we actually made five albums. We did one just called Border Town. And then we did one called Angsters of Love. Those are both on tapes. Then we got to All Wet. (laughs) (laughs) And someday. So maybe we just made four. But we were together for over 20 years, 20, 25 years. 20 years. Oh, okay. I tell you, when I look back on that, I realize how incredibly lucky I am to have played with those guys. We were a family and we were the best damn band you'd ever want to see. (laughs) (laughs) What kind of music did you do? We had so much fun. We played original music. There were three songwriters in the band and four singers, you know, so we were, did a lot of harmony and a lot of original stuff, but we 
also were a, a working band. I mean, we were a working band. We worked five nights a week for at least 15 years. We played in bars. We played in every kind of situation, concerts too. But you have to be able to play a lot of cover tunes and get people dancing, which we certainly could do. We could do a whole night of, of our own stuff, but we also did a lot of covers. Well, let's get started. People, I'm sure, are eager to hear your voice, not only well-spoken, which I've always experienced you, and I, I say always because I've listened to the four CDs of yours, and so one of them you speak a lot in. So you're well-spoken and you're well-sung, and so I think people need to hear that now. What should we share? This is a test. This is a test. Why are we sharing this one now? This is from Lucky One, which I think is one of your latest. It's my most recent CD. Yeah, I'm real proud of that CD produced by the incredibly talented Jeffrey Allen Berkeley in San Diego, California. I'm going to throw his name out there because you should check him out and his music. And he's also in a band called Berkeley Heart. And they are phenomenal. This is a test, means a lot to me. You might say I went through my dark night of the soul in the last five years. Sort of every area of my life imploded, <laughs> kind of at the same time. And it was a rough time, but it, sometimes everything has to fall apart in order to really grow. And I feel like I have a new platform of a new kind of faith that I'm extremely grateful for because of it. But this song was written after I thought I was through all the worst of it. And then sort of one of the scary monsters popped its head up again at me. The scariest of all the monsters. But instead of falling apart, I found that place inside me that knows exactly what to do. You know, that where all my all the resources are for me, internal, sort of sailed right through this situation. And afterwards, it was kind of funny. I was like, this is a test. This is a test. This is only a test. Hey, that would be a great song. That song just kind of wrote itself at that point.
CC Artemisia is with us here today for Song of the Soul. That song was This Is a Test. It's from the album, her most recent one, The Lucky One. And I would say that we are the lucky ones because she's joining us today for Song of the Soul. I love all of the types of music that you can do. I know you're quite versatile and you're so strong vocally and musically. And the message as well. When I first heard this song, I got a fun glimpse and then you went deep in the song. Do you know how not to go deep? (laughs) I think I've written one song that isn't. (laughs) I remember putting it on my Mustard Seed album just, you know, to prove I can just have fun because in fact, I'll tell you, I was doing a gig right around the time I was recording that my most recent album, The Lucky One, which I just told you was written as I was going through The Dark Night of the Soul. (laughs) I didn't think everything on it was so heavy, but I was singing some of the songs from that album, specifically for some friends who had come in and I knew that they knew what I was talking about, so I was sharing. And somebody else in the audience popped up, hey, do you do anything that's not deep? Or I don't remember how they phrased it. Dark, (laughs) maybe. Basically, It might have been that. And I had to quickly, like, I think I sang Hotel California or something oh, really. and that's out. not dark, right? Hotel well, you're California. right, it is dark, but at least it's popular. <laughs> at least you could have done, there was an old lady who swallowed a fly. I have a whole <laughs> album, that's true, of children's songs. Although I had to put a dark song on that. I put the beautiful donut, and it, I believe it's a Jewish song, but it's about death, you know, and I put it on a children's album. Let's be clear, Lady Who Swallowed a Fly, She's Dead, of course, is the last <laughs> line. <laughs> you know what? So is Senor Dungato on that album. You know, if we go back, uh-oh, let's not examine this too closely. <laughs> okay, we won't. We won't. But right now, it's time for C.C. Artemisia's music. So let's share another of your songs. What would you care to share? Well, let's go from the same album. I guess we'll go slowly back in time. Same album. This is a song called To Birth the Dancing Star. And that comes from, okay, have you ever heard of Andrew Harvey? Yes, I know Andrew Harvey. I've interviewed him. You've interviewed him? Ooh, that's exciting to me because I'm a big fan of his. And I came to him through Caroline Mace and he spoke in one of her things and he did such an impassioned plea for the earth. You know, he does his mystic activism. Is that what he calls it? Spiritual activism, I think is the name of his book. Yeah, spiritual activism. Anyway, his he just made such a beautiful plea for the state of the earth that I think I was probably weeping and I wrote this song just as an, a response to that. I think he quoted Nietzsche saying something like, it takes a, a whole lot of chaos to birth the dancing star. Referring to, you know, what we're going through right now, the chaos, and hopefully we are birthing a dancing star in consciousness. That's where I stand. I, I believe that. So that got into this song. In the bridge of the song, I mentioned the dancing star. And so I call this song, it's a really long, awkward name, To Birth the Dancing Star. On a set list, I would just put Dancing Star. And then it occurs to me, that really sounds like a disco song. And as you will hear, (laughs) this is really not a disco song. (laughs) It is not. It's a beautiful song. It's one of the great works of art that we get from Cece Artemisia. And here we are sharing from her latest recording, The Lucky One, To Birth the Dancing Star. Years from now, your grandchildren's 
children If there are still children Living on earth They're gonna want to know What you were doing While the planet was burning What was it worth What you were thinking What you were doing What part did you play What were you doing While the planet was burning What were you doing What part did you play Here and now My four inner horsemen Are trying to trample My heart to the ground Dread, despair, my secret death wish Dissociation In the face of the chaos They're trying to take me down
To Birth the Dancing Star. The artist is Cece Artemisia, and the album that's from is The Lucky One. Cece's website is ccart.com, C-I-C-I-A-R-T.com. The link is on northernspiritradio.org, and that's Cece, a way to get to all of my guests from the past 16 years I've been doing this. The many hundreds of activists and artists that I've interviewed, you can find them all there. You can post on our site the comments. We love to hear from you. One-way conversation is not productive, and so you add your voice to it by posting a comment when you visit. That'll be helpful to us. You can track down not only CC, but all of those other people. And it's easy to spell, northernspiritradio.org. There's also a place you can donate under support us. Just click on donate if you want to help out that way. Remember to support your local media. There's some 42 stations nationwide that carry our programs from Northern Spirit Radio. Please listen to them. Support them first before you support us. They're number one. So please support them first. And Cece Artemisia is here, and as I said, we just listened to the song, To Birth the Dancing Star. It stands on its own as a work of art. I would also say that there's one thing that I haven't learned about you yet, and mind you, I've got I've listened to four of your albums completely through, listened to more music from you online, Cece, but I still have no idea where your name came from. I know at one point you were married, your name was Cece Porter, and Artemisia, I'm not sure where it comes from. Were you CC growing up? That name is Baby Talk for Cynthia. My real name's Cynthia. And my brother was one year old when I was born, and he couldn't say Cynthia. He said CC. And so, really, from day one, from the day they brought me back from the hospital, I became CC. And no one's ever called me Cynthia except for a, a grandmother. The, the evil grandmother. I had a wonderful grandmother and an evil grandma. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's just like in The Wizard of Oz. There's the north and the south and the east and the west, right? Yes, exactly. So so was she from the west, by the way, your evil grandmother? Because the wicked witch of the west and east, right? Yeah. Right. I don't even want to put that on west because these days part of my spirituality is earth-based. And so I honor all the directions. And I also think witches are great. So... <laughs> I've been CC, and then I've been married twice. And that dark night of the soul I was talking about was the end of my second marriage. And when I came out of that, I realized I have had three last names, all given to me by the dominant male in my life. And, you know, I don't want any of them. So I decided to make up my own last name. My real name is Cynthia. And if you look up the meaning of Cynthia, you will find it is another name for, I always uh, use the name Artemis, the, the goddess of the moon. The, her Greek name was Artemis. I've always loved the moon. And soon, I don't know when I learned that fact that I was somehow related to the moon, but I took to it immediately. And I just decided, yeah, I'm going to use that. And I just took Artemis and added an IA at the end and decided I was CC Artemisia. Well, why don't you sing another song to us? Okay. I think we'll go mystical now. I think we'll do the mustard seed song. I wrote this song 40 years ago. I was living in Alaska and I was reading a book by Bhagwan Sri Rajneesh, who apparently later became Osho. And he is definitely persona non grata where I live. I live very near to the Dalles, Oregon, which is pretty near where they were setting up their ashram. 
They became very infamous. They actually poisoned several restaurants in the town of the Dalles. And I know people who live through that and certainly hate them. So I don't... <laughs> when I'm singing this song in the area, I won't credit it to Osho. <laughs> but I read some of his books and they were incredibly helpful to me at the time. I think he's brilliant, whatever he is or was. So this may even have been a book called The Mustard Seed. The whole book, I think, was his talking about Christ's teachings. And it inspired me. And I wrote this song. Now, as in all my songs, there's a lot of other influences came in. One of them, the second verse is about a dream I had. So whatever. This became the title track to an album that I did just a few years ago called The Mustard Seed. Got lots to do today, but somehow the mood escapes me. And all the thoughts that used to save me have all gone their way. Follow. You must now, it's springtime, time for a hearts to sing. Follow and trust now, the kingdom is waiting to give birth to wings inside a mustard seed. trees If you had eyes to see This dust bowl would become a garden In my dreams there was a man Through dark streets he seemed to chase me By the river there was safety But I chose to walk alone He followed me singing His footsteps like bells Through empty alleys Followed me clinging like music, how silent in the air it hangs. You were born to sing, child, sing. Dance, paint out your dreams, and it is time to do these things. To bring the earth to heaven 
And then Jesus said to them, You are seeds that do wake me. Many lifetimes you have escaped me, afraid to die in vain. But follow, leave your nets now, and forget now life that was wreathed in blood and thorns. Follow, leave your dead now, skin is shed now, and only then are hearts reborn out of a mustard seed. you're at a place listeners where you can let that song grow in your heart it is called mustard seed it's by cc artemisia find her on the web at cicciartart.com ccart.com the link is on nordenspiritradio.org mustard seed speaking of mustard seeds i was very struck actually not only in this song but other songs that you've written there's a lot of christian reference uh, to scriptures or words attributed to jesus and some of his followers how much of you is christian i none because i'm not a, i'm not religious i love Am I going to say this? I love the Christ. I actually moved to California to go to a Christian mystic retreat called Quest Haven in Escondido, California. It was started by a mystic named Flower Newhouse. I read her books in high school, and they were also incredibly nourishing to me. She was a Christian mystic. She honored all religions but she considered herself a disciple of the Christ. And she refers to him as the Christ, not Jesus, because Jesus was the man and the Christ is what he became. And her truth is that that's what we are all becoming or can all become. It's an inside job. It's not, you just believe in this thing outside of yourself and hallelujah, you're saved. No, it's, it's the character that we develop and learn to live and to become. And it's available to all of us. And her books were really important to me for a lot of years. And I actually moved down here. Now, you know, that makes me sound like some goody two-shoes kid. No, I was running amok in the world. (laughs) (laughs) You asked me earlier about spiritual influences, and I replied that uh, in ninth grade, I found LSD. And that was definitely one of my spiritual experiences. 
So like I said, I was running amok in the world, but I was having mystical experiences. So yeah, I actually landed in Southern California, crashing and burning, but I landed at this retreat and lived right down the road from there and actually worked for Flower for about five years. And it was kind of transformative for me. My understanding is that you don't avail yourself of LSD and other drugs and such anymore. Could you mention about how that went in your life? Yeah, I found drugs and alcohol in ninth grade. That was in the early 70s. I'm from Ohio, which is the 60s made it to Ohio in the 70s. <laughs> okay. And I fully participated. LSD immediately became my favorite. And I tried a little of everything. And then I kind of settled into a long, a prolonged adolescence. <laughs> and I smoked a lot of dope for a couple of decades. It was really pot that I felt the most addicted to. It's a really wimpy drug to be addicted to, but I was addicted. I, I needed it every day and I didn't want to need it every day. And I tried to quit constantly to where my life became, I like to say it shrunk down to a hamster cage. And I was on this little hamster wheel every day going, I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop. I've got to stop. Tomorrow I'm going to quit. Tomorrow I'm going to quit. And every day, you know, I would just replay the same thing. I'm going to quit. Oops, I didn't quit. Oh, I'll do it tomorrow. And I finally got free of that really through a 12-step program, finding a 12-step program. That's what works for me. And the beautiful thing is the core of a good 12-step program is a higher power. You got to find a higher power that's bigger than you and turn it over to that. And that has been my liberation. So it all worked out. So how long have you been clean? Or sober, I think yeah, is the word. I'm going to tell the truth. I would like to say I found the program 22 years ago. I've been sober most of that time, but I kept graduating. I kept deciding that I was over it. <laughs> Multiple so right degrees. Now, <laughs> right now, I'm just I'm coming up on six years clean and sober again. I think it's for real this time. I'm not showing any signs of graduating. <laughs> and does six years have anything to do with the end of your last marriage? Yes, it does. That was the big crash and burn for me. Both of my parents died within five weeks of each other. I have a daughter who had, and she's given me permission to talk about this. She had a psychotic break, very, very, very serious psychotic break. And my marriage dissolved all at the same time. It was time to get real. <laughs> it was time to get clear and to get grounded again so I went back to the program and I really got it this time. And the moment that I, I really got it was I was in so much pain that I remember like, I can't take another breath in this much pain. And there's a line in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous that says either God is or God isn't choose. And I'd always known that God is, but I had never lived like my life depended on it, like my next breath depended on it. But that's how it was in that moment. I either God is or, or I'm out of here you know, I can't live another moment. That became, you know, the rock that I stand on to this day. And I, I, it's everything to me. It's the only thing that matters. Everything else is penny change, you know? Thank you for sharing all of that beautiful and deep stuff, Cece. Let's go on to another of your songs right now. Well, we only have a couple left, so it's time we're going to get heavy. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I've always swum in the deep end. We're going to do Don't Say a Word. 
Oh my goodness. Okay. You do really want to go deep. Good. <laughs> well, you said that you, that you, can I'm, I'm all for it. Yes. And I've, I'm somewhat familiar with your podcast. You sir, do not shy away from the real stuff. And I appreciate that about you. I thank you for what you do in the world. Thank you. So don't say a word. Could you tell people a bit about the journey to wholeness project? It was shortly after the birth of my second child that I started having flashbacks from something that I didn't even know I had gone through. These flashbacks were full body experiences and they persisted for months and months and months. And I ended up getting into therapy and a lot of memories started crashing through my consciousness of very early childhood sexual abuse. And I mean, I really thought I was going crazy at first because I came from a perfect family. <laughs> so this wasn't possible because it was actually two family members that I remembered. But slowly the pieces started getting put together and this, I started believing myself. Then I had a cousin who came out who I hadn't spoken to at all about any of this. You know, I bring this up because I'm still trying to convince you and convince me that this really happened because this was so early childhood that it was absolutely formative and it was just a buried memory. But it came up when both my children were very young, same age that I was when this happened. And it happened from the time I was in diapers till I was about five. But at the age of five, it was full on rape. And when that happened, that was actually, that was the birth of my spiritual life. There's a gift in absolutely everything here on the earth plane, if we look deeply enough. And in that experience, I left my body and I went somewhere that I was completely safe. I was completely calm. I was actually sort of floating in space and I, I just was completely peaceful. And I feel that I learned from that experience that I'm not my body that I'm actually, I'm indestructible. You know, there's a part of me that cannot be harmed. And I learned about that part that day. And I had, I've been looking for it for all my life, which is why I think I went so gung-ho into drugs and alcohol because I thought, ooh, here's my free ticket, you know? <laughs> turns out, not really. And it turns out it's actually here without any of that stuff. But I went through that experience and I did 10 years of therapy working through it. Then I ended up, while I was going through the therapy and dealing with all this, I was writing songs because for me, music has been my medicine first and foremost. And so these are songs I would write in the middle of the night when I couldn't call my therapist or somebody else or something, you know, I just had to write about it. I never thought these songs would see the light of day. This isn't something you go out and sing for people, you know, and who the heck would want to listen. But I was working with an art therapist in, later in my process, and she knew about these songs and was going to be involved in a conference about art and healing and invited me to come and sing some of the songs. And I did. And it was such a powerful experience, both for me and the audience. Oh, my Lord, for me to be able to sing this and have people get it, you know, and respond in a way that I really knew they got it. It was amazing. So I ended up recording the songs and I ended up singing these songs and telling my story all over the United States for about five years. So this song, one of my dearest friends, and I like to accentuate the fact that it was a male friend <laughs> because this stuff happens to boys too. It's just easier to admit for girls. But one of my dearest male friends, I, when I told him about what had happened, and he said, well, just between you and me and the fence post, uh, it happened to me too. And he told me the story about being in the attic with his grandfather. 
horrible things were happening. And grandma came up and found them and basically slapped grandpa on the wrist, told him to go to his room, you know, and he turned to my dear friend and said, nothing happened. Shut up and go to sleep. So that's where this song came from. The song is Don't Say a Word. We're on sacred space right now, people. So as we listen to CCR Demetria share the song, keep in mind that's where we're sitting. Don't say a word. Don't say a word or you're going to be sorry. Shut up and go to sleep. No one would ever believe such a story. And silence is what you must keep. Everyone knows that children are liars and grown-ups cornered the truth Don't say a word or I'll skin you alive and besides what have you got for proof Don't say a word or you'll lose your whole family They'll come take your father away Mother will hate you for wrecking her life And your brothers will curse you always Everyone knows he's a prince of a man He's a fine and upstanding adult Because of your lies his whole kingdom could crumble in child It would all be your fault I don't know what to say To the voices The voices that scream in my head I don't know what to say to myself When I think I'd be better off dead Don't say a word or we'll surely expose that it's you who's wicked and vile. Everything you say will be used against you and now it is you here on trial. Everyone knows you don't stand a chance. It's you who must lose every time. Don't say a word, just you learn to accept. You're the victim of the perfect crime. About 2,000 years ago, C.C. Artemisia, under a previous name, still C.C., released that song as part of a full album. I, I really advocate that you listen to the whole narration and the many songs that are included in First Flight. C.C. Porter at that time was the name you'll find it under. What I'm impressed about you specifically, CC, is not only do you speak the words and give the full range of meaning, but you do it without hate. 
And that's a hard step to take. Many people, if a memory like that can emerge, is end up left with resentment to hate, which I imagine you still have some of, but I don't hear hate in your voice. I hear love and beauty and light coming through. How do you get to that spot? I will tell you that Flower Newhouse, I had already digested so many lessons from her. Christian mystic, live the Christ message. (laughs) I had already digested so much of that. And, you know, like I told you, I was looking for spirit in a real serious way all my life. So I had already had a lot of that when these memories came through. Number two, I love my family and I love the person who abused me. He was a phenomenal human being in so many ways. I think that he was completely split and there was this dark side of him. And then there was this other side that was really trying to make up for what he also knew he was. And with enough therapy, I mean, yes, I went through rage and I, and I believed in forgiveness right off the bat. And I tried to do that and my body wasn't having it. And my body let me know real clearly, we don't need to go into all that, but you know, I had to go through years of not just anger, rage, and I had to express that rage. I did to the people involved. I was estranged from my family for a number of years and I did a lot, a lot of therapy around that anger. And then I had the pleasure of going around the country telling all my family's worst secrets for five <laughs> years. <laughs> and that helped. <laughs> but honestly, I love that man. I love my family. We're no longer estranged and we've agreed to disagree. And, you know, that's in the past. I really believe a saying that I heard in AA, which is, Holding resentments is like drinking poison and hoping the other person dies. I don't need to drink any poison anymore. No, thank you. I'm bigger than all that. Like I said, I had a lifetime of acting out a lot of things that I was completely unconscious of what I was doing until I remembered. And now I'm not unconscious anymore. I'm free. Freedom is beautiful. It comes through you in so many ways. And I'm so thankful you're sharing it. Please share one more song. And this is the perfect song because this kind of sums all that up. This song is based on a Chinese proverb. When there's light in the soul, there's beauty in the person. When there's beauty in the person, there's harmony in the home. When there's harmony in the home, there's honor in the nation. Imagine that. When there's honor in the nation, there's peace in the world. Peace in the world. Yes. We can plant those seeds within ourselves, those mustard seeds that grow into that bigger thing. That's what I feel like you do with your music. I'd love to hear the first music you did before you transitioned to a different message and purpose to your music. I can't help imagining that you've always sung beauty and light into the world, but I so much appreciate people who wrestle in the darkness and bring it into the light. And by the way, folks, Cece Artemisia doesn't just do music. She does physical art as well. There's much more that you can find out if you go to her website, ccart, C-I-C-I-A-R-T dot com, place to find her link, of course, on nordenspiritradio.org. Find out more about her, check out all of her music and check out her other art and become part of the mustard seed that's being spread to the world yourselves. I hope that her life and music is an inspiration for you of that. And we're going to end with thank you song. Cece, thank you so much for the sharing, the music, the beauty that you bring to the world. Thank you. And same to you. Thank you. And so we end with Thank You Song by C.C. Artemisia. Enjoy it. 
put down deep roots, raise up closer to the sun because of it. And we'll see you next week for Song of the Soul. Thank you, Song.
The theme music for Song of the Soul is by Chris Williamson, and it is called Song of the Soul. Check out all things Song of the Soul on northernspiritradio.org, guests, links, stations, and a place for your feedback, suggestions, and support. Send your Songs of the Soul to me, Mark Helps Meet, via the info on our website, and join us weekly for Song of the Soul.